Hello and welcome to Growing in Wisdom, a podcast of Christ Church, which is located in New York City at 524 Park Avenue. Growing in Wisdom is hosted by our education associate, Brian Pinter. We are so thankful you have joined us. Let's get to growing. Hello, everyone. This is Brian Pinter, education associate at Christ Church Methodist here in New York City. Welcome to our first podcast. I'd like to share with you a few reflections on Africa in the Bible. In our Sunday morning adult forum class, we've been studying the prophet Zephaniah, and we notice that in a few places, African nations are mentioned, and some of our attendees at the class had questions about the origins of these references. I did a little research, and I'd like to share with you some of my findings. The late Professor Charles Kofer, who was a pioneer in African-American biblical scholarship, said that the biblical experience is an African experience. He goes on to say authors of much of the biblical content were African in origin. I think when we reflect upon the Bible's homeland, our first inclination might tend toward the Middle East. That's the land of Jerusalem and Babylon, Nazareth and the Sea of Galilee, Bethlehem and Canaan. But a careful reading reveals that the narrative arc of Scripture takes us far from the Holy Land. It takes us to Egypt, to Libya, to Ethiopia, to Sudan, and to Somalia. Africa has played a prominent role in biblical history from the earliest times. In the Table of Nations, recorded in Genesis 10, three are African, Cush, which refers to Ethiopia, Egypt, and Put, P-U-T, or Punt, P-U-N-T, which might be either Libya or Somalia, depending on translation. Those nations are among the descendants of Noah. We also see that Abraham fled to Egypt during a time of famine, and while there took Hagar, an African, as a second wife. The patriarch Joseph ascended to the heights of power in Africa and also had an Egyptian wife who bore him two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. This is recorded in Genesis 41. Later adopted by Joseph's father Jacob, these men became forefathers of two great tribes of Israel. We can see that African blood coursed through the veins of the chosen people from their beginnings. Moses was born and reared in Africa, thanks to the intervention of the Egyptian pharaoh's daughter. Kafir notes that the daughter of Jethro identified Moses as an Egyptian, something noted by later rabbis that Moses did not deny. And it was there that the foundational event of Israelite religion occurred, the Exodus. It was on Egyptian soil that God's great act of salvation was first manifested. In Africa, the Israelites, quote, cry for help rose up to God, as it says in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. It's also interesting to note that according to ancient Jewish, the ancient Jewish historian Josephus and some rabbis, Moses married the daughter of the king of Ethiopia before his flight to Midian. The period of Israel's great kings was also marked by African influence. David, for example, is said to have an Ethiopian servant, as recorded in 2 Samuel 18. Solomon's primary wife was the Egyptian pharaoh's daughter, who brought the Canaanite city of Gezer 
as a dowry. Perhaps this princess is the dark-skinned beauty of the Song of Songs. Later, the Queen of Sheba dazzles Solomon with, quote, spices, gold, and precious stones, as it tells us in 1 Kings chapter 10, gifts that might indicate a home in the Horn of Africa. Josephus tells us she was from Ethiopia, although modern scholars suggest the Arabian Peninsula as more likely. Ethiopian Jews trace their origins to Menelik, the son of the royal couple. The biblical scholarship scholar and archaeologist Robert Houston Smith noted that the Falashas of Ethiopia have for centuries, quote, regarded themselves as true Israelites. Furthermore, says Smith, Ethiopian Christians have rites and customs that have affinities with the religion of Israel, including celebrating the Sabbath on Saturday, observing the start of a new day as occurring at sunset, and an adherence to pre-exilic Israelite festivals. The prophet Zephaniah identifies as a son of Cushi in Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 1, a region traditionally understood to be south of Aswan in Egypt, perhaps the area that is the modern state of Sudan. Zephaniah prophesies that all peoples must have their speech transformed into, quote, pure speech. Yet, he says, beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, we find God's faithful scattered ones who shall bring offerings. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 10. Some scholars suggest that a number of Israelite practices and institutions are derived from Egypt. Charles F. Ayling, for example, argues that some proper names, portions of the wisdom literature, especially from the book of Proverbs, and scribal schools in Jerusalem to train young men for government service are all of African origin. Marcel Lapurucou suggests that circumcision, the golden calf, setting places of worship on elevations, and Solomon's temple itself all have Egyptian roots. New Testament stories also bear witness to African settings and characters. Like Moses, Joseph, the father of Jesus, flees with his family to Egypt in a time of trouble. According to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus stumbles on the way to Golgotha, he is helped by a Libyan, Simon of Cyrene. Later, men of Cyrene are present for the Pentecost event and are said to preach the gospel to the Greeks, as it says in Acts 11.20. There is also a Simeon the Black in the Church of Antioch who is listed among the prophets and teachers in Acts 13, verse 1 and Paul is accused of being an Egyptian revolutionary in Acts 21.38. Contemplating the African influence on the story of our faith invites us to rearrange the furniture in our imaginations. Many American Christians, I think, default to an image of biblical characters as white-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, as is evidenced in much of our religious art. How does it feel, then, to imagine the historical reality that our ancestors in faith were of mixed race and dark-skinned and African? Does this evoke surprise or pride or alarm or perhaps rejection and denial? What graces and wisdom might come from contemplating that God chose Africa to be a stage where the drama of redemption was played out and Africans to be among the primary peoples through whom salvation was brought to the world. Africa is at the heart of the story of God's people. 
It's at the heart of our story. Ultimately, we all have African blood flowing through our spiritual veins. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you at next week's Adult Forum, where we will begin our study of the prophet Habakkuk. God bless. This has been Growing in Wisdom, a podcast of Christ Church, featuring Brian Pinter, our education associate. Brian teaches our adult forum every Sunday at 9.45 a.m. in the Wolverton Room on the fourth floor of Christ Church. Do join us. Until next time, be blessed and know that you are so greatly loved.